0: Visit our Facebook page, TG Geeks Webcast. On Google Plus and YouTube, look for us as 2Gay Geeks. You can tweet at TG Geeks and at the 2Gay Geeks. Or call our feedback line at 469 TG Geeks, that is 469 844 3357. Happy listening. Peace. Cheers. name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 59 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Today I'm joined again by Ray Vargas because we're doing a spoiler cast. How you doing, Ray? Ooh, how's it going? I'm pretty good. Um. So, just as in case you didn't realize by the title or by that announcement, uh, this is a Rogue One spoiler cast, so if you haven't seen the movie, uh, stop listening right now, because we are going to talk all about it, and we will reveal the ending
1: at some point. So, this is your first and last warning. I'm surprised at how many people have not seen it yet. Um, yeah,
0: it just didn't have the build, I guess, that, that Force Awakens did.
1: Right. Yeah, I'm, I've seen a lot of posting. I haven't seen it yet. Don't spoil it, which, you know, obviously, yeah, I'm I'm, in, I'm not going to do that. But um I'm I'm like, wow, I you know, this is Star Wars is one of those things where it's like opening night usually by Friday at least, you know, it's been consumed by <laughs> by the people <laughs> who wouldn't want it spoiled. But yeah, kind of interesting that.
0: Well, we're going to get right into it cuz we got a lot of stuff to talk about today. Not just Rogue One, but we're going to try and sneak some Doctor Strange in there at some point. Um how have you been keeping it geek since we've last talked right
1: oh geez you know i wish i could give a ton of examples but it's that time of year where uh <laughs> <laughs> for work um i'm uh sleeping when i can and then there's you know social gatherings or whatnot and it's uh I have not been keeping it very geek lately, so so that you know, I woke up even extra excited to talk about uh, Rogue One today because I feel like I've got a lot to get out of my system.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I've I'm I'm in the same boat. I I just as I was just telling you before we started recording, I finished my school uh fall play this year. Um just last night. So we, we left Pomona at like ten. And uh, it was great. We did we did some different stuff with the stage and put all the audience on the stage with the actors. And it was a very different show. And come like Monday or Tuesday, when we we're doing the um, the dress rehearsals, I was just I'd, I'd seen it so many times. I, you, you start to lose perspective. And I'm like, oh, my God, this is the most boring play. Like, why did I pick this? These poor kids. Nobody's going to like it. It's going to be horrible. And I think they were starting to feel the same way because there's a lot of monologues. It's a very talky, storytelling play.
2: Mm.
0: And so about halfway through the um, the first scene, I could see people reacting in the audience. Because you, you can totally see the audience the way we set it up. Everybody's on the stage together. So <laughs> I'm watching the audience kind of react to it and, and get into it. And the kids are starting to see that they're getting the jokes and just that kind of energy – that the audience provided really made a huge difference. So it was... Oh, awesome. Yeah, it ended up being pretty good, but it, there
1: was that that
0: couple of days of doubt where I'm like, oh my God, people are going to go, well, it was interesting.
1: <laughs> I feel like talky, story, stories are your jam. Like, I feel like... That would instantly make me think of you.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, there's
1: I I like the storytelling stuff, but this was very there
0: was a lot of re- repetition in the in the stories because mm-hmm. they were trying to kind of get the point across. It was a very complex story that they were trying to tell over four scenes. Okay, and um, it was all scary. It was like creepy, very dark. It, it's not like anything we've ever done before, but that was the point. It's oh, like. Cool. Yeah, I was saying to a parent last night, I'm like, I don't pick these shows for the audience. I pick them for what the kids can learn from it and what we can do with it that's different that they haven't experienced before. So
2: yeah,
0: that I wasn't worried about succeeding. I was just, you know, at some point you do check in and go, oh, God, I hope the audience likes this. <laughs>
1: so, so something just came to mind. Um, so part of my job is um, I travel, you know, to different places uh, in California and in the United States to talk to students about art school. Um, specifically, you know, the school that I work for and that I graduated from, LCAD. Um but a big part of my presentation is um just talking about art school in general and about being an artist and growing up an artist because if I can build that connection with students then it makes them more willing to kind of engage, you know? So mm-hmm. um I make sure I mean in, in every presentation that I give and I give a ton of them. I mean I was in San Diego this uh this past week and I probably gave six or seven presentations, you know, and yeah, it's the same presentation and you got to bring the same energy, you know, or else, you know, you can tell, but you know, in the audience that they're not, you know, connecting or, or whatnot. Um, and I talk in the beginning about how, you know, growing up as an artist, like I wanted to be a comic book artist and, and it never fails, Joe, that at least half the class kind of like lights up or like smirks or smiles. And at least half the class, if not more, every time. Um, And I'm sure there's different reasons for that. Some of them are, you know, comic book geeks themselves. I think some of them are just amused that, you know, uh, uh, (laughs) that I'm talking about comics and about being, you know, so fascinated and and into comics because it's probably not what they were expecting to come out of my mouth. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and, and I draw like a very direct connection between that and going to art school and being an artist as a career for my life, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and so every time I do that, you know, I feel like ah, oh, yes, like I'm keeping it geek, like through <laughs> to you know, you know, my geek colors and 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 making sure that I'm, you know, saying hey, I was this person in high school, and um, man, talk about instant connection every time.
0: That's that's really cool. Like, yeah, like I get that anytime I'm doing theater with the kids. Like, they even when you're tired and you're just like, I don't want to. Like, I can go to a rehearsal going, I really don't want to be at this rehearsal. But by the end of the rehearsal, I'm like, okay, that was a lot of fun. I don't know, why I wasn't looking forward to the rehearsal. Yeah, and I know. I was to the rehearsal, I wasn't looking forward to it because
1: I'm tired. Right. <laughs> that I wanted to. Do. Yeah, yeah, samey's for sure.
0: Um, the one other thing that I have just made myself geek out about this week, and it's not a geeky thing, but I've I've taken a geek approach to it, is um, my my goal for 2017 is to um, just be happier in general. Mm-hmm. That's you know, I'm trying to make decisions in my life and and think make changes in my life that will kind of allow me to to be happier in 2017 than I was in 2016, and with how um interesting we'll use that as an adjective um, 2016 was it should be a terribly hard thing to accomplish right but um, i have been starting to meditate nice congrats yeah. great yeah and I, I don't know if you've you've tried meditation at all or if you have heard that- and is it something that you like and, and try and do regularly? or
1: It is something that helped me out a lot when I gave it a try. Um, and this was about – I'm 37 now, so this is uh, when I was around 30, 31 maybe. I was going through a really uh, tough period of my life. For me, I mean it's all relative. But in the scope of my life, it was, it was a very challenging time, um, probably the most challenging time that I've had. And um, I was just ready to try anything. I was having such a hard time. Just functioning at that time that um for various reasons um that I started to go see a therapist for the first time in my life at that time um I was sleeping way more than I do I'm I'm a I'm a five hours a night average kind of guy you know like I I don't require a lot of sleep or, or rest um I say that but I probably do my body's just going like <laughs> the, <laughs> the hell you only need that um but um one of the things that I, you know, that I tried was meditation and it absolutely helped. Um, woke up every morning and dedicated, you know, a good 20 to 30 minutes to just kind of being still. Um, and the problem with that is, I mean, as much as it helped, um, that's, that's a chunk of time that usually, you know, you got to carve out of the the day to day life stuff. You know what I mean? Mm
2: -hmm.
1: Unfortunately, uh, for myself, and I know there's a lot of people out there like this, um like me, it's just until it's necessary, like I won't do it, you know, like I won't right. have time to sit and do that, even though it it did help me a lot.
0: Well, I think it it really was like I, I started this past week, and you know I I don't usually start new things the week I have a show because that's just dumb. <laughs> <laughs> you just don't do that. But I was like, you know what? If I don't start, I'm if I if I I will always find an excuse not to start. So I started on Monday, um, and like there was one morning I was running late, and I'm like, I don't care. I said I'm going to do this ten minutes of meditation every day, and that's what I'm going to do.
2: Yes.
0: And uh, and so yeah, I've been using the Headspace app. Oh, there's a yeah. Tablet? yeah there's an app and it it does like a little 10 minute um like it's like 10 minutes for 10 days that you can do and I don't, i'm not sure exactly what happens after the 10 days if you just repeat those 10 days or i do know you can subscribe to it mm. and then that opens up a lot of other options mm. but but for me it was like okay well i'm gonna i'm gonna try this for 10 days and see how it is and then decide whether i'm gonna subscribe or or buy any of the packages or anything but For for ten days for free, I'm I'm absolutely loving it, and uh, I think it's something that I'm going to try and continue into the new year.
1: That sounds great. I feel like I could do ten minutes. You know, like I I'm daunted because I spent you know a a a good chunk of time every morning, but I feel like I want to check that out. What's the app called? Headspace. Headspace.
0: And it's funny because I've 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 learned about this through completely not meditation based places at all like <laughs> the the first time i think i heard of headspace was i believe i could be wrong but i'm pretty sure from a pokemon podcast <laughs> and, yeah and the 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 host you know uses talks about meditation and everything and i thought that was great and so when he came on my show he mentioned it and i was like oh i'll have to check that out and uh, raven from girls gone wow sent me a message he goes yeah totally try headspace it's really really good and then uh finally one of the guys from the Geek to Geek podcast has his own show called the the Geek Fitness Cast, and that's what I'm I'm trying to get back into shape in 2017. That's one of my big my big pushes. And he talked about that, and he talked about um, a couple of uh, podcasts that he listened to that are just happiness and and wellness podcasts. And I'm like, okay, I'm I'm hearing about this app too much. It is something I want to start doing, so I'm just gonna do it. And uh and so far so good. That's
1: great. Yeah, we're we're me and, and my, you know, tight knit group of friends are all on the same kick as well of, of just trying to do what we can to, you know uh just to have positive mental health and just to be in a happy place and to try to, you know, you know, uh guard ourselves with positivity. <laughs> hmm. Uh, we hosted a a little get together last night and, you know, the theme of the party was besides Mad Men um, (laughs) was was self-care, you know? And so we had a little gift exchange of uh, the theme was, you know, what do you bring a little gift or something? It was like a a, um, anonymous gift exchange. uh, uh, What do you do? What's something you do to relax or to unwind or to like, you know, kind of uh, um, treat yourself a little bit. And so it was a really cool scene just to watch, people un- unwrap the presents that they that they selected and just to see the different ways that people think to to take care of themselves you know mm-hmm. um there was the uh, kind of what i would consider obvious stuff like candles and stuff but um there was uh, like a, a book someone gave this really cool edition of the hobbit but it was like the small like almost like leather bound like pocket edition of the hobbit it was really oh wow yeah um what were some of the other gifts? Socks, like really like fuzzy warm socks, um was one. Um a bath bomb which I had never heard of before, but
2: apparently
1: <laughs> okay, I take a bath and you throw this thing in the in the water and um yeah, it was it was really cool. I, I gave a, um a sketch a sketch bed and um some like drawing utensils and stuff, you know, because that's that is definitely that definitely is something that puts me in my happy place. So um, and then we're we're planning to try to keep this you know a recurring kind of thing where where the house we invite friends to come over and kind of you know unwind or or let loose or whatever the case may be every every you know few every couple months or so here at the house
0: that's awesome that that's a that's a really cool thing like i i'm I'm excited about 2017 only because I feel like it's gonna be for me i'm I'm making it a a strong um you know, a strong positive push for me. Mm. So I think, I think anything that we can do to make the, the next year, cause it's going to be rocky. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a rough one. Yeah. <laughs> so we buckle in and uh, do the self-care. I think that was a great theme for, for the party. Your
1: meditation app would have been a hit last night. Yeah.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Well, very cool. Well, one thing that we didn't talk about, that I felt bad because I felt like there was three weeks in a row where I'm like, and next week we're going to talk to Ray about Doctor Strange, and, and it wasn't at all your fault. It was, I just I just could not get my act together, but um, but we did we did both see Doctor Strange. What did you think of it?
1: Uh, I really liked it, um, and I I did not grow up a Doctor Strange fan. I mean, I didn't dislike the character, but he was just kind of. Um, on the periphery, you know, of,
2: of
1: here's mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I stuck to like the Spider Man and the you know the Avengers and Captain America and stuff, and uh, a little bit of Fantastic Four and you know Strange is he would pop in and out of those titles, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I you know I didn't get his whole like lingo like you <laughs> know, <laughs> um, the all the you know magical catchphrases that he would use and stuff, but he always fascinated me as a visual like design. Mm-hmm. I found myself sketching and drawing Doctor Strange fairly often growing up. Uh, he's like in almost all my sketchbooks that I still have. Um, wow. And so I went into to this movie thinking, okay, I'm excited about the visuals. I'm, I'm well, tentatively excited because I thought, how how far are they really going to go into Ditko's mind here? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, how how? And apolog- I apologize if I'm getting the artist wrong, but I think it's it's Ditko, right? Who did the the all this surreal like crazy stuff
0: i'm not sure but it sounds right we're gonna
1: look it up in real time but anyway um so yeah i really liked it i like the story um i'm not a big um benedict cumberbatch fan you know um yeah yeah but um i think he did a great job um and I was pleasantly surprised with the special effects. Like, they went for it. You know what I mean? They. <laughs> that the, there was a couple of scenes in there where I was like, whoa. Like, <laughs> so this is what it feels like to be in an altered state, you know?
0: Yeah, yeah, seriously.
1: <laughs> yeah, so I, I really enjoyed I enjoyed it more than I thought I was going to, which is always a nice feeling, <laughs> you know?
0: Yeah, I mean, I was excited about it going in, but I didn't know much about Doctor Strange. Like, I was like you. I saw him in, in other books that I read, and – um you know, I kind of always saw him as this stuffy, you know, serious we've got magic to do kind of things. Yeah. And and so I was kind of I, I was surprised by the humor. Um I, I know in the weeks that we had kind of planned to talk about it, I was going through my mind, what do I want to say about Doctor Strange? <laughs> I don't know that there was anything earth
1: shattering for me. I think it was just a solid movie. Yes, I agree with you. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, the impressive Part of it, I don't think was so much like, oh, this part of the story, or oh, it was more like, wow, Marvel really has it down. Like, they, Doctor Strange is a pretty challenging character, I feel like, to, you know, to kind of throw out there. And, um, I think they, they just know what they're doing. And, and it was yeah. really evident with this film.
0: Yeah. So it, it was, it was very, it felt like a very clean cut. It was like, all right, here you go. Here's the movie. Here's the character. And, um, now spoiler alert, if you know, he's gonna appear in Thor Ragnarok, I'm now
1: really excited about Thor that, Ragnar- it, Yeah, that was my next point was that um people that didn't grow up, you know, Marvel junkies or, or comic book geeks are are they're now starting to grasp or, or, or benefit from the really cool thing about these characters, I think especially in the Marvel universe. Beyond just how cool Spider-Man or Fantastic Four or Captain America are individually, the cool thing about Marvel is the Marvel universe. And Mm -hmm. so I feel like this movie did what it had to do. It introduced Doctor Strange. It was a fun, you know, somewhat light adventure. But now, now it's set up so that Doctor Strange can have an impact in these characters. Now they've introduced a new character to the sandbox, you know. Right. And that's going to make the sandbox so much more fun. Yeah, I'm
0: really excited to see what they do because it does. I've heard a lot of people say, "Well, you know, Thor's been very, approached as very much a like a high alien technology that it's not magicy." Yeah. Even though there is there is an element to that, it really is focused on more like, "Oh, this is alien technology that that is appears to be magic." Yeah. But now we finally got magic, and so now it's finally something that that opens up an entire dimension and. Yeah along with that I'm loving what they I don't know if you're watching I know you're not a big TV person but I'm
1: loving Marvel Agents of Shield. Oh cool. No, I'm I'm not following that at all.
0: Yeah, cuz they they did introduce like this this first half of the season was all um Ghost Rider and the Dark Home oh. and it was like, well of course it is cuz we just had um Doctor Strange. So, of course, they're going to do something mystical and magical to to kind of complement that. Yeah.
1: And Doctor Strange is supposed to be their Tony Stark for the next phase, right? Oh, is he? Yes. I believe he's he's taking over as the main driving force uh, from uh, Robert Downey Jr.
0: Oh, that's cool. This
1: is going to be that character. So, yeah, because they're preparing for, you know, that that wave of actors to kind of, you know, finish out their contracts. And I know, I think, like, uh, Downey Jr. is only... He he's, he's only uh, uh, under contract for like one or two more films and that's it. Um, and so this was the guy – because this is – what's his name? Uh, Kevin Feige, I think his name is.
2: Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm.
1: is his favorite character growing up, right? So he was always like – this was like at the top of his list of characters that he wanted to, to do a movie on. And so now from what I've read, Doctor Strange is going to be the Iron Man going forward. Like the, that role that Iron Man played in, in all the first you know movies and stuff. Yeah, which makes sense because then we're going
0: to getting into the Infinity Gauntlet, and that's going to be very more, much more cosmic and much more yeah. Um, magical.
1: Yeah, and and in terms of like the the Eastern like philosophy and like mysticism angle, I think they did as good a job as they could could have done. You know, I think,
2: mm-hmm. but,
1: and I I went in there with a very skeptical eye. Like, I was like, all right, how are they gonna you know offend? you know, an entire culture and history. Um, and I mean, just by nature of when, you know, these books were made, I mean, there is going to be kind of not quite the right take on it, you know? Right, right. But I think I think it was really well done, actually. I think they did, you know, pay homage to the fact that, you know, this is a uh, – this is, comes – these ideas, these concepts, these, you know, this whole kind of uh, uh, fun that we're having with these story elements – is inspired by this whole culture over here, and so I think they did a good job with, with that. I was I was definitely skeptical.
0: Yeah, no, I was I'm, I'm I I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm also not a Benedict Cumberbatch uh, fan. I mean, mm-hmm. I like him, but I'm not like, oh my god, he's wonderful. And this one, I was like, okay, I'm I'm enjoying him. I, I'm I'm looking forward to other stuff that he's doing.
1: Yeah, yeah, totally. I, I, that surprises me for some reason. I thought he's got such a like strong geek following, like devoted like fan base.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know. He's it may just come down to he's not my type. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, I almost spit
1: coffee all over them.
0: <laughs> I mean, I mean, it's very possible that that's, you know, I, I it's like is it Tom Hiddleston that does Loki? Yeah. And everybody freaks out about him yeah. and I'm like yeah, he's just not my like he doesn't do anything for me and I think that that's where the like I don't fangirl about those two.
1: That is a huge factor also that is not yeah. discounted absolutely <laughs>
0: cool. right well there's th- we you know at least we got it in oh, ladies and gentlemen. One last there's- thing,
1: one last yeah, thing yeah. before we move on from dr strange i really really appreciated that the ending the climax was not a who's gonna punch who harder yes that was really really well built up and i really liked how they handled it and it was like the climax was odd as fuck like so, you know <laughs> but i like that it was like trippy it was like god that huge like spoilers but that huge you know demon i can't remember his name but
0: Dora, uh doramu
1: yes Dor, or something yeah. yeah yeah they just they went for it and so just i like i appreciate the swing you know what i mean they were swinging for the fences like um. Yeah, I really like that he kind of kind of outsmart him and and uh, use that tactic. So that was really cool. I think they they did that well as well.
0: Yeah. No. And I, I like the character design on uh, Dormammu because mm-hmm. he's, uh, um, in in the I don't know. He's got that very old school back in the day Kirby esque kind of character design. <laughs> oh. Totally can kind of just look hokey, Mm -hmm. but the whole rippling face effect was like, yeah, okay, that makes the serrations on the character in the comic books make a little bit more sense.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that was a really great solution for that design element.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, very cool. Okay. All right, there you go, ladies and gentlemen. Doctor Strange, we did it. (laughs) On to the next... Uh, before we get into our Rogue One talk, this is and I don't think the last time you'll hear about it, but we're getting close, people. If you haven't uh, kicked into the Nerd Out app Kickstarter, you're, you're, you're running out of time. I, I believe it ends on the 29th, and uh, and I know that the the campaign needs a little bit more money in there to to get it off the ground. So if you want the second generation of this really cool calendar app, uh, please, 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 please go out and and donate it's uh definitely worth your while and uh it's it's a thing that draws our community together, which is something that we definitely definitely need
1: so can you can, I, you've probably mentioned this I'm sorry to interrupt you you've probably mentioned this uh in the last few podcasts, but can you explain a little more of what what that is with what, what the nerd app uh nerd out app is
0: yeah absolutely it's a it's a calendar app, so you go to the nerd out app and you go to your city and it'll tell you what geeky events are going on in your area
1: That's right. Okay.
0: Yeah. And so uh I think you met L when we were at uh NerdCon. Yes. She's she's the the one who created the app and uh she's got, you know, a, a good team of people that kind of submit different events, but she's trying to update it so that it's more user-friendly and so that it's uh, a little easier to get even more apps added in there. Because right now, I think they do 30-some cities, Mm. including the UK, but they they definitely want to expand to other countries and they want to hit a lot more cities, so they're trying to just make it a lot more streamlined, a lot more user-friendly. I think there's going to be a little bit stronger social media um, cool. Aspect to it, so.
1: Oh, that sounds great.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's a really cool, it's a really cool thing.
1: And where do they go for the Kickstarter?
0: Um, I believe it's just Kickstarter slash NerdOut app, okay. but we will have a link in the show notes. Awesome. All right. So, Rogue One. Just first impressions. What was your uh, expect expectations going in, and were they met?
1: Okay. I always get more excited for a film than I should uh Mm -hmm. always that's just and and i've learned to accept that you know that that most of the time it leads to kind of um an anticlimactic kind of feeling but i do that to myself and i and i get that because there are those rare times where a film meets or exceeds those expectations and then it's just there's no substitute for that feeling i love storytelling and i love films and so you know when that happens, it's worth it to me the few times that happens to really get hyped about a film. And seriously, man, like a trailer comes out and I'm like over the moon that day. I'm in the office like cheering, <laughs> like settled down, you know, and I'm just like, but the new, you know, Spider-Man trailer is out today or whatever, you know. Um, and so to me, the trailers are kind of their own thing now you know when i see an excited when i see a trailer that excites me to me it's like that was the thing that's it it's done like i watched the trailer the trailer's great the movie's going to be another thing now uh, mm-hmm. And kind of evolved to that point now in my expectations and with rogue one that was very much the case and i'm glad because when the trailer came out i thought that was such a well done trailer the tone i mean the, the the sound effects everything was it was cut really well and god i watched that trailer so much but by the time I came to, you know, go watch the film, I realized, OK, that was the trailer, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, kind of allow this to be its own thing. Because we all know by now, I mean, trailers are like mini movies and there's many times that they don't really reflect, you know, what the story going to be or what the movie's going to be like. Right. Um, And so I'm glad that I that I, you know, made that switch from the trailer, because as much as I love the trailer, I don't feel like the movie hit those same Kind of tones uh, that the trailer did of this like ominous kind of foreboding, like really serious, you know, a uh, uh, story. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's OK. Um, it was it's funny because my expectations were, you know, OK, I know it's going to be more like a war film than any other Star Wars movie um i know that spoilers you know everyone's probably gonna die because that's you know what we know about this whole you know uh, uh, a story um so so i was expecting like a somewhat gritty thing and i forgot oh yeah it's star wars though yeah it's still gonna have this light touch and it's really interesting talking to some of the friends that i saw it with who are also star wars fans they're like that was a lot darker than I thought because they're thinking Star Wars and I'm thinking war right. film and I'm like that was a lot lighter than I thought it was going to be, you know?
0: Yeah. Now I wonder how uh, I, I've been thinking about this because you're right, the trailer does portray it as a lot darker than it it is. And that's what um, <laughs> yeah, and and I'm I'm thinking because wasn't there a big like people were panicking? Oh, they're going back for
1: reshoots. Yes, there was a ton of reshoots. I heard.
0: I think they went back, and I think they lightened it up. Mm-hmm. Because I, I think around that time, I forget what came out, and it may have been oh. um, Batman versus Superman. Right. Yes. That a lot of and, and, and a lot of films I think went back and lightened it up. I think That's Suicide it. Squad lightened it up, and so I have a feeling that the trailer you saw was intended for a movie that was going to be a lot darker.
1: And you know, that's my taste. I'm aware of that by now. I really like dark, gritty films. Um, I like I like Uh, filming experience or or film watching experiences that are verge on punishing (laughs) you you know Um, which makes it really hard to kind of like sit down and and have like a fun night like watching a movie at home because my choices are all like you know really heavy dramatic films and it's like geez each one feels like its own you know kind of ordeal you got to get through that's Uh where my taste leans so like every time that you know my friends complain about how you know, darker film was or how gritty it was, I'm like, oh that that was great. Like I really like that. Like the darker and more realistic they can make superheroes the better. For me. And mind you, that I'm talking about good storytelling. Right. You know right. Right, right, right. storytelling is there. You know, it can go as dark as it needs to or, or it wants to, but it'll be a good film. So so when I say dark, I'm not saying crappy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um so yeah, I would have been very happy with, you know, something that Felt more akin to the trailer that they released, but I I knew that you know probably to, to temper those expectations. Um, I liked it, but but <laughs> <laughs> liked it, but I felt like there was some big missteps that that overall kind of like took me out of the film a couple times, a few times.
0: I have two. I'm wondering if they match up with yours. What were what were the things that took you out of it?
1: Um, the CGI, yes, and um, the dialogue. Oh, okay. Yeah. Some of that dialogue. And and that's see, so here's the thing, right? It's like we grow up on Star Wars and before we're able to kind of have a critical eye towards dialogue or ear, sorry, towards dialogue, those lines have already seeped into our, you know, our brain. Mm -hmm. And so we don't realize how hokey the dialogue of Star Wars is. It almost becomes kind of a joke. But it's not really jarring because we heard those lines spoken before we were really thinking about believable dialogue. You know.
0: You know that's really interesting because one of the things that Matt said because Matt, uh, we're gonna take you back to um, to Force Awakens. You have to remember Matt is the one at the end of the movie who leans over and says, "Okay, who's she handing the lightsaber to?" You know, because it's just not in his like yeah. it's not he doesn't go back and watch movies over and over again where you and I have probably seen A New Hope hundreds of times oh god
2: yeah
0: so so he doesn't have the um he doesn't have that ear for that type of dialogue and one of the things he did say was he thought that like the the wise cracking droid was just a little over the top and didn't quite you know work and i wonder if that's a little bit of what it is is that the dialogue wasn't as strong as it would be in a standard movie yes but because because it's star wars we're used to it and and it's you know, we give it a little bit more of a pass.
1: So this is the thing where I'm like, okay, is this? Am I watching a Star Wars movie and I have those settings or those expectations, or is this a war movie and I'm having those expectations? And it's kind of tricky mm-hmm. to to balance that as a filmmaker, and it's, mm-hmm. it's tricky to you know temper those expectations on both sides as a, as a film goer. Um, and so yeah, the dialogue was just I just kept going like people don't talk like that, you know. Mm-hmm, but then mm-hmm. also have to the filmmakers also have to like hue to the Star Wars tradition and so they have to make it feel like a Star Wars movie and part of that at this point is kinda of hokey dialogue.
0: Yeah. Well and that's the other thing that that matt didn't care for as much is he he leaned over to me when she was grabbing the uh the files out of that column in the middle and, and says you know is it is it uh, VHS or is it Betamax <laughs> and and i you know i i understand that but you know my argument was like well you have to keep it consistent with the movies it's you know they are using futuristic technology as seen in 1977 exactly yeah so you have to keep that but it does kind of play into that whole if you're not indoctrinated into it, and if it's not something that you're able to shift your mindset into it, it is kind of like, well, why are we watching all of these big square buttons flashing on panels
1: everywhere? Yeah. It's really such a tricky thing to pull off. I mean, there's almost no winning with these films. It's so hard to satisfy all those competing things because this did feel way more technologically advanced and futuristic than obviously the 1977 Star Wars film. Mm-hmm. Um, Yet this is supposed to tie right into that. It's supposed to be of the same time, but it's like as the filmmakers, if they actually do that, people are going to complain. They're gonna, you know, people, moviegoers, you know, film audiences of today are not are going to go. What the heck is going on with this? Yeah, yeah, exactly. In this film, you know, so they but so they have to strike that balance because if they make it, you know, so they have to they have to consider. It's it's almost like. Like just guessing what our audiences, how can we balance these two expectations? Like what are audiences going to be okay with and feel like, what are they going to walk away with going? Oh yeah, that was, that seemed kind of like old school or, you know, that, that 1970s take on technology, on futuristic technology. Yeah. Um, and this is a dilapidated universe at this point which it didn't feel that way to me in, in, in a new hope. I mean, obviously you get that feeling of like, Oh, this is a wasteland universe. You know what I mean? Yeah. One of the cool, one, one of the few cool things (laughs) about the, the, um, the prequel trilogy was that you got to see like this whole universe, like at the height of it's like, you know, whatever uh, opulence and stuff. And so this rogue one felt more connected to that universe than it did to the new hope universe. You know what I mean? In terms of the technology and stuff.
0: Yeah, it didn't necessarily bridge the gap as well as it could have.
1: Been. Right. I'm really excited, though, to show some people, you know, that I know that haven't seen, ever seen any Star Wars. And this is like their first, you know, uh, kind of experience with stuff. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm excited to go through the other films at some point if they're willing to, you know, have that much patience with me um, and just see how they react to it. Um, yeah. What did you what did you think of the story itself?
0: Um, I thought it was. It was a good story. It was a basic story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it felt a little bit like we have to hit these marks to get to where we need to get to. Like it, it didn't feel like it was. It wasn't innovative. It was necessitative. Is that a word?
1: That is now. <laughs>
0: But I mean, does that make sense? It felt like it, it wasn't it wasn't like oh, we're gonna reinvent the wheel or we're gonna do something really cool with our storytelling. It's like we have to hit these marks because this is something it was almost like they were telling a historical fiction or a historical piece that it has to it has to hit these marks because this is what actually happened
1: one I'm really hoping that one of your students is listening to this podcast and they use the word necessitative in an essay. Just the quiet.
0: Plot.
1: <laughs> And two, did, did it feel perfunctory to you for that reason? Like the, the story elements or like the, you know, the plot?
0: I don't know because I felt like I was seeing, because it was through characters that I didn't know at all. Mm. Um, and I think that was kind of my favorite thing about this movie and a little bit of the tragedy at the end of it is I liked the characters a lot. Like really liked the characters a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, and so... It was still to me their story, so even if there were a lot of tropes in it and a lot of um, not a lot of innovation as far as story goes, yeah.
1: um,
0: it it was fun to see the characters get through the journey.
1: See, that's really interesting because my next question to you was going to be about the likability of the characters. Like, did you? I, I didn't feel invested in the characters. Um, it just got it just skipped over that part in the beginning. I felt like they showed that prelude with you know um gin or so when she was young and then it skips right into the like the rebellion needs you and i was like oh so they're okay <laughs> i'm supposed to give a shit about this character already okay like i didn't feel like there yet really with with really any of those characters i mean there was things that i liked about individual characters like on the surface like oh i like that, that guy's a badass or like mm-hmm. um you know this droid is funny or whatnot but I didn't feel invested like, you know, I care about this character and, and I I identify with this character or anything like that, you know. And I don't need like whether it's gender or, you know, ethnicity or whatever. I'm not talking – that's superficial stuff. I'm talking about, you know, what drives this character? What is – what are they about? What are the chal- the internal challenges that they have to overcome, you know, to, throughout the arc of the story? I didn't yeah. I didn't really feel much of that for any of these characters.
0: Yeah, see, Jin Erso was the one that I, I had the hardest time kind of – Feeling out, like I, I really didn't care one way or the other about her specifically mm. because I don't feel like her story was as developed as it could have been. Yeah, yeah. For, for me, the best characters were K, K two S O, and um, I don't know how to pronounce it, but it's Churit Imwe, the the monk, basically. Yes, uh, those were my two favorite characters. I we- thought they, they were fascinating. Um, I was really bored with Cassian who's and Cassian? Um, Diego Luna, the okay. guy who's sent to, to yeah. kill her father. Yeah. Um, I, I didn't care about him at all until he explained to her why he made the decisions that he was making. Yeah, and then why he he had to go with her to get the the files yeah. because those two moments. I think we were the best character development yes. in the entire show.
1: Yes, I agree. And they were dark. And I feel like this movie, I mean, it just goes back to the same thing, man. Hire the filmmakers and let them make the film that they want to watch, that they want to make, mm-hmm. you know?
2: Mm-hmm. It'll yeah. be the
1: best story, you know? Um, and uh, I can see the reasons for wanting to lighten it up, but it did feel uneven in tone. Uh mm-hmm. there was some dark moments that were my friends were like, Wow, that was jarring towards the end when like all this like really heavy stuff started happening and I, I was like loving it, so I was like, God, those are the best moments. But looking back I realized yeah, they, they were jarring because they were trying to lighten it up after the fact. Um, if that's the case, at least that's what it felt like. Um, remind me who's who's K two S O? Which character is that? That's the um that's the droid. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, I liked, um, the monk very much. And the dude with the badass uh, laser weapon, machine fire, laser weapon. Those are my two favorite characters, uh, in the story. Um, I do have to say that Cassian, um, I'm not like a huge Diego Luna fan. I know he's got a very devoted, um, Latino following, um, Mm these I'm aware of. Um, but I have to say, I was really shocked at my, my reaction when he, in his first scene, I actually teared up, um, I was not expecting that, but I was sitting in the theater, the movie's getting started and he's on screen and I started to tear up because I was watching Star Wars and I was watching a Latino actor (laughs) in Star Wars, like as a main character and I would, whatever, like I'm not, you know, it's Star Wars, I don't, I understand already what this thing is and I don't expect it to, you know, kind of reflect, you know, uh, my identity And so, you know, they hired Diego and I was like, that's cool. You know, that's going to, that's going to matter a lot to some people. (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. It just hit me when he was on screen. I was like, I felt like a kid, like going like, man, like this is including me. Like I just Mm -hmm. was expecting to have that reaction. It, It completely surprised me. I'm like, Oh God, why am I tearing up here? Like, you know, um, but, yeah, so, so that was really cool. But I agree with you in that his strongest character moments were the, the moments that you spoke of. Um, and I think overall it just needed more moments like that. Yeah. And maybe there were moments like that and we just didn't get to see them. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, which is just I, – I, 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 am, I am a follower of the idea that you let the director make the film. And yeah. you know you're you're gonna occasionally get <laughs> yeah Batman versus Superman, but um <laughs> but that's okay that's because, okay you know then you're also gonna get I think you know I think you would have gotten a better Age of Ultron fan Superman. or film I've... yeah I think I think this film would have been a little bit stronger yeah um yeah. I I don't know that there was anything that would have fixed uh. Um, suicide squad oh, man and i think they they just they just misfired on that completely <laughs> but, i'm desperate
1: to see a director's cut of suicide squad i'm desperate because uh, i think david ayer had it in him and i think he pulled it off and then they messed it up i really think mm-hmm. that maybe i'm wrong but um you know there were certain things that that i'll tell you what i really liked about the film um i really liked that the moment that they pulled no punches i really liked that um She's such a uh I don't want to say badass but she was very kind of uh nonchalant about her personality, you know? It was kind of like, yeah, I just like that whole kind of like I'm not like, I don't need to explain myself to you or like she was, you know what I mean? Like she was mm-hmm. performing for anyone, you know? And I really liked that. Um the two oh my god, that that duo. I almost I actually turned to the person next to me in the theater and I was like, uh, spoilers, um, t- t- towards the end of the film when they have their, their final moments, um, on the battlefield there and first the monk goes out and then the dude with the gun goes out. God, I wish I could remember their names. Um,
0: act- well, I, I've got IBM DB open because I knew I would never remember them. Okay. Uh, the monk's character is Chirrut Imwe.
1: Okay. Chir- and
0: the guy with the gun is Baze Malbus.
1: Okay. So Church and Baze, um, I was like,
0: are they a couple?
1: <laughs> like, is that... <laughs> like, come on, man, do it. Like, Star Wars, just go. I was really hoping for some kind of affection or something at the end there. And I think they did everything but, I feel like, and I thought, man, that would be such an awesome thing to <laughs> just, like, because they didn't promote it. They didn't say, hey, look at us. We're doing this now. Aren't we great? We're being so inclusive. And they just, like sn- like, just kind of you know, sprung it on people or whatever. You know, but that would be the right way to do it is to not be, um, not congratulatory, but to to not be exploitative about it. You know what I mean? Right. I just, well,
0: you know what? Here, here is here is the sad realization that I just had because you're saying that, and I'm like, and you just finished talking about how you saw representation on screen of you, and I was like, yeah, I didn't quite. Get that from this movie because the best I saw was, oh, wow, the fighter pilots, they had women fighter pilots. Right. Like in the X-Wings and the, the yeah. Y-Wings and all that. Yeah. And I was like, that's that's awesome. Good for them. Um, and then you're mentioning this, and I'm like, I am so trained not to see those things or expect those things in my movie. Right. That I never would have even thought that they were a couple.
1: Right. Wow.
0: That's, that's, that's a disturbing realization to me
1: right oh. now um this is why i love these podcasts with you joe um to disturb you um
2: <laughs>
1: i uh keep in mind that it's also to me a, a radical idea to just introduce intimacy between two male characters they don't have to be gay it doesn't have to be you know what i mean like two you know hetero male people can have Uh, affection for each other, you know, and and there can be love there and it doesn't have to be this like homosexual thing. And so that uh, in its own right, I think is also radical to say, no, they're, they're, you know, they just love each other. You know what I mean? Like they're just, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. they're just close. Like, you know, there's caring for each other as, as, you know, there should be. And so, you know, maybe that was the right play, you know, to just say, look, these guys clearly, you know, have love for each other.
0: Yeah. So,
1: south is a radical thing, you know. But I guess that's just the that's just the uh, agitator in me.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No, I think it's great, and I think you know, I I guess, I guess the way certain IPs are going, I'm I'm more hopeful for the inclusivity. I think a lot of a lot of them are trying to. Obviously, Star Wars is trying to be very diverse. And so eventually, I th- I think it will it will happen, and it yeah. won't be a big deal when it does.
2: Yeah.
0: And um, uh, you know, Star Trek has always been that way, but they're doing more of it. You know, and, and I think that there's, you know, it is becoming the new norm. And so I think it's just a matter of riding the wave out and calling it out when they backtrack, which yeah. which they do occasionally.
1: I think that's one of, that that was one of the many factors that made those characters my favorite. Um. Mm-hmm. In, in the story. And um, I'm glad they stuck to their guns and that it was, you know, the ending, a, a, a darker ending. I really like mm-hmm. that. I love, absolutely love the way Vader was handled.
0: Oh, see, I when I said that there were two things that I didn't like in this movie, the first one was the CGI. Because Grandma Tarkin and Princess Leia were just disturbing. Yeah. Like there was nothing. There was nothing good about that at all. Yeah. Um, I, I appreciated the the story feels that I got from seeing it lead into A New Hope, but it, it, it had whatever I forget what the term is that just freaks you out because it's a little too close,
1: but it's just off enough that it's disturbing. Oh so yeah. Yeah, I asked my buddy Matt when we walked out and he he named it the Uncanny Valley.
0: Yeah, the uh, they definitely ended into the Uncanny Valley yeah. where it was it was like it was true, like it was it was good but it wasn't good. <laughs> it was like I saw what they were doing but it, no.
1: Yeah. So I have a lot of thoughts about the CGI. I was kind of trying to hold them off because I wanted to talk about what I loved <laughs> before railing on that
0: stuff. But um but Vader, I just felt like I don't know what it was but that scene just didn't feel it felt forced for me. Which scene? Um where he was talking to um I'm going to get the guy's name wrong. Oh, okay. um, the, the ch- one in white. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. The the chamber scene. Yeah. Um where he walks out from that huge thing like lifts up and he walks out and they have that conversation and then at the end he force chokes him, yeah? Yeah, yeah. Um God, I what, what what do you mean it felt forced?
0: I just it felt like it, I for some reason Vader didn't feel like Vader. He he didn't I I don't know if if the the, the body wasn't right. I do there was something that was pulling me out of that scene. I felt like it didn't feel like like it felt like somebody else obviously somebody else was, but it felt like I don't know if the body actor was not embodying him correct? I don't know. There was something about him that I was like that that's not Darth Vader.
1: Was it physical or was it a tone?
0: I think a little bit of both. I think mostly it was physical. There was something about the way he moved that was like this is not right. right. And then the um the dialogue for him seemed very it, it wasn't ominous enough.
1: Wow. That, see, that's what I loved about Vader in this film was that they made him on, ominous again. And I do agree with you that the first scene did not have as much impact as the second scene, but I felt I, I felt it going that way. I thought, oh, they set this up so they can do something crazier with Vader later, and sure enough, like, because – the the thing about you know this, New Hope, Vader is a terrifying fucking menace. Like
2: he's the mm-hmm. devil,
1: you know? Mm-hmm. Um and, you know, they like, come to find out he's actually the angel of death and you know the, the Emperor's the devil. But um the Angel of Death is even more terrifying, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So um that was the first trilogy was that. And then, you know, by the end obviously is is the reveal, you know, that he's actually this tragic figure. And and i there's been so much written about how at least that I've read about how the prequel trilogy really defangs Vader as a, as a concept, as a character and turns him into this sympathetic, you know, tragic figure. Um, and that, you know, that is kind of a bummer that, you know, cause then when you watch a new hope you, you're like, you're not, it doesn't have that same terrifying menace that he brought the first time around. And I love that this film was like, we're going to remind people how terrifying Vader was, And how scared, how scary a figure he was in this universe at the start of New Hope. Like, we're going to remind people of that. And I fucking dug that so much.
0: And see, I almost felt like if you had just stuck with, I I think I'm just mostly talking about the chamber scene. I think in that second part where he's going down the hallway and it's, it's really like that, I would agree. But if it was just that, if it's like, if I remember the line, you know, we're going to take care of this. We'll let Vader take care of the fleet. And then all of a sudden you see Darth Vader doing his thing. Okay. That, that feels powerful, but that whole chamber scene, it felt, it just felt forced to me.
1: Huh. That's interesting. I'm to I want to see it again, and and I'll pay attention to that scene a bit more. Maybe I was just jazzed that the you know to see Vader walk out. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. love uh, the. I love the shadow. You know where the thing comes up and he's standing there, and you see Vader's huge outline on the wall. Like, oh, uh, that was so cool.
0: Oh, and, and see, that's. I. I and maybe this is why because I was sitting there going, Oh my God, yes, we know it's gonna be Darth Vader. Like yeah. you're not surprising us with anything.
1: Oh. You know? Yeah. I love that. I just liked that they were like letting it slowly because to me like they are reintroducing him to like, you know, a new audience. And so mm-hmm. it's I just I'm just glad that they they put effort towards making him scary again. That was a really cool thing to me. Um
0: yeah, I I had discounted that last scene a little bit. I think at that point I had because of the earlier scene, I hadn't really clicked in and I what I was thinking with um with the the second scene was, oh, is this actually the the boarding of the ship?
1: Oh, and so oh. I was
0: waiting. And so instead of focusing on how badass he was going down the hallway, I was yeah. like, okay, when is he gonna cut through the
1: um? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And so
0: so I think that's where my mind was. But now that you mentioned it, it did feel very kind of, okay. yeah, he's terrifying.
1: Yeah. And then the way everyone reacted, you know, how everyone was like scared and they didn't really say his name. And like they were like visibly terrified, like, uh, you know, in in the in in the Empire. I really like that. Um,
0: Yeah, I will definitely I will give you that part now that I'm thinking about it going back because I can tell you exactly what I was thinking was like, oh, where where does this connect to the next movie? but if you take a second to stop and think about that scene yeah no he is definitely terrifying there
1: oh dude there was just that one part where he's just cutting through those sho- those soldiers like they're nothing like they're not even there and he like force lifts like one of the 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 soldiers like up against the ceiling and mm-hmm. he, he walks past him and he's like you know cutting people in half with his lightsaber and then you think he forgot about the dude up on the on the ceiling and then he just like waves his lightsaber back as he's walking past the dude and just like slices him across the chest and keeps walking the dude falls i was like oh my god like yeah it was awesome (laughs) um yeah i'm getting all worked up again um (laughs) yeah i i really like that um and i just felt like man that but again again i am a sucker for those like Dark, intense, like brutal moments. You know what I mean. Mm-hmm, Especially mm. when they're combined with my like geek properties. Like,
2: <laughs> you know,
1: the the more you know towards the Ultimates that they could make the Avengers veer the better. And I have friends who grew up on the Avengers who can't stand the Ultimates just because it's like, no, they're not supposed to be so dark and militant and realistic. And I'm like, man, this is this is the story for our time. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, I'm a little cynical, so I I a lot, I really like when my <laughs> when my properties <laughs> line up with that. Can I talk about the stuff I hated? Yes, please, by all means. Dude, the CGI is just so, so bad. bad. Here's the thing that blew me away, though. Here's the I kept saying this. God, my friends were probably so sick of me on the way home. That is the best that they could do. This is Star Wars. This is Disney. They have. All of the top technology and digital uh, uh, advancement, whatever, at their disposal. This was – they threw as much money at this as necessary. That was the best that they could do. Think about that for a minute. Uh, Where was the disconnect? Like, that was the best, and it was horrible, it was, so, you know what, they got greedy, man. They, 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 when that first shot of Tarkin in the reflection of the glass. Mm-hmm. I thought that's great. Stop, that that's such a brilliant way. Awesome! Like wow, you pulled it off. Like that was, I can't believe you you guys had the balls to go there and you actually pulled it off. And then he turns around and you're like, no. <laughs> you're like, dear God, what is it? <laughs> kill it, kill it quick. Kill it <laughs> fire! Why did they do that? Why did they feel the need to have full on? And then they were like, they were proud of it. They they were actually like showing off. Like they they must have felt like because. They end the scene on, like, his face, like a close-up, and he's, like, supposed to be giving this, like, subtle, like, emotional, like, reaction in his face, and you're just like, wow, you guys are so not seeing what we're seeing.
0: Right. Right, and they didn't need it. I would have been perfectly fine to have a three-quarter shot of Tarkin the entire time. Yes. I would have been perfectly fine with that. Yes,
1: exactly. And same thing with Leia at the end. Spoilers. Oh, my God. Like why just show her hooded like from behind I thought oh great they're not gonna do that Tarkina thing why would they do that again like no way like great just show her from behind the hooded figure that's such a cool no like why is she turning around and talking like god that was horrible that was so bad
0: it was so awful like I uh, disturbing it was disturbing
1: (laughs) it was so bad so oh my god one of my friends is like I thought, I thought, you know, she's not very familiar with Star Wars. She's like, I thought that was the point of Star Wars was that some things just look fake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but not the people. <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh god, that was so bad. That took me right out of the. Like, I was looking around at other people in the theater, going, like, are we really going to stand for this shit right now? <laughs> <laughs> well, we're,
0: we're <laughs> rushed, you're like rioting in the. Middle. Let's rush
1: the screen. Like I'm ready to go when you are oh yeah that was that was really really poorly handled and then you know i already mentioned before the dialogue i mean who who i don't know i'm gonna i can't you know i talk about rebellion sometimes (laughs) you know (laughs) but rebellions are built on hope really like in the course of like conversation like i can understand if someone's giving a speech but just like nonchalantly like you know in in the midst of battle or in the midst of a tense scene you know what do you, oh, that was just, that, that made me cringe so hard. Line, yeah.
0: It was very, it was, it was a line that was delivered so that they would have something to put in the trailer.
1: And it's like, you know, maybe if I cared a bit more about the characters at that point, but, and, and I understand there's competing demands here for the story. Like, you've got to get the story moving, you've got to get the plot, you know, in motion and stuff. But it's like, you know, I just started thinking about how slowly the first act of, of A New Hope goes and it works, you know, it, works like they take their time on the farm they follow luke's daily life they show that you know and i almost feel like um this is where um the force awakens actually one of you know i mean jj abrams he's got his strengths and definitely has his weaknesses but i think one of his strengths is that is he's able to balance characterization with keeping the plot going like it's entertaining as you're watching the characterization and I feel like Gareth Edwards, that's definitely one of his weaknesses. Um I was not I'm not really a huge Gareth Edwards fan. Um his and and I was like, oh yeah, like halfway through Rogue One, I was like, oh right, he made Godzilla. Like, that's right. Okay. Yeah. You know, like, like settle down here. Because Godzilla was horrible. Like I didn't love loved the trailer and I loved how scary. Again, do we, you know, do we seem, do we sense a recurring theme here? I loved how scary and ominous the trailer was for Godzilla. It was one of my favorite trailers of that year. I watched it over and over again. And then the movie was just bad. And the the, the story, the, the, the tone was uneven. The characters were not really well fleshed out. And I feel like this was, Rogue One was definitely a Gareth Edwards film.
0: Yeah, and and now that I make that connection, I'm like, okay, that that does explain some of the things. One of the things that I do dislike, and usually this is this is a a Matt dislike, but I I kind of jumped in on this one. Um, I don't care for uh, the like Jin Erso and Cassian did not need to kiss at the end. It, so that did not be a love story.
1: They didn't kiss, did they?
0: Yeah. When? Just before they they they. they
1: blew up oh that i'm so glad i didn't notice that that would have really pissed me off yeah what how did i miss that
0: yeah i mean like like there was nothing i mean i i that's what i I remember
1: okay i (laughs) am to the
0: interwebs oh
1: seriously oh i'm there already i'm like trying to figure out how to spell gin but (laughs) um j-y-n-e-r-s-o I I didn't, and I was really worried about that because when they started to, like, bump into each other and kind of, like, have a moment and look, I was like, no, don't, like, you know, if you're going to play at it a little bit, okay, but don't turn this into, like, a love thing, like, come on, you know? Um, yeah. Oh, geez. God, I need to watch this movie again. I am really hoping that's not the case, but, you know, maybe by then I was just a... Uh, I was just kind of like over the film where I was like, okay, that's, you know, we watched that, that happened, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Damn. Um, yeah, I would I would have had the same feeling as you about that. Absolutely.
0: Well, maybe it was because it, like, I think, like, yeah, now you've got me questioning as to whether they actually kissed or not, but I'm, uh, uh... <laughs> I love how
1: conflicted you are right now. It's so good. This is the good stuff, Joe. This is. very scary in the
0: end as they face their deaths they are able to hold one another and take comfort in each other while they never kissed or said I love you out loud their romance is understated fleeting and a thing to be treasured okay okay so I guess I guess I just saw the direction it was going, and my brain went, "That's what they did." So oh, that's great. I, I stand corrected, but at the same time, I felt like that schmaltziness is like we didn't need it. They're they're com- they're comrades. They're they're not. Yeah. They're not they, like there was no. They could appre- like it doesn't have to go from appreciation to somebody to to love just because you are um, of of. A relationship st- or gender st- combination that is going to, right, you know, possibly fall in love does not mean you have to. And I feel like even this article that I'm seeing from Bustle that's saying, oh, they do have this this love. It's mm-hmm. like, no, they they shouldn't.
1: Perhaps in another world, Joe, in another <laughs> no, God, no, no. <laughs> Maybe they had met in different circumstances. These are, these are all uh, dial- this is all dialogue that was cut, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, yeah, I'm so glad they didn't. I mean, whatever. As, you know, certain elements you just have to say, yeah, I know they're gonna do that, of course. You know, so I'm glad they just hinted at it and they didn't go all the way. That would have been really upsetting. Um, but
0: See, I don't think they even should have hinted at it because it, the, the, yeah. that, it didn't need to end with them in love. Yeah, like, yeah. It, no, I agree with you. But my my <laughs> my, whether or not they kissed, my point still stands. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> at the end i'm like well, i i you're not you're not holding each other like like people who are about to die in battle you're holding each other like lovers and i disagree
1: um have you ever have you ever heard of uh that movie monsters
0: i i haven't
1: it's an indie movie about big giant huge monsters that gareth edwards uh directed and it's how he came from nowhere to get the godzilla gig Based mm-hmm. on the strength of monsters, and I've heard it's really good, but I've never seen it. I think it'd be interesting to to watch that at some point. This caused the, some division um, afterwards with me and my friends. But what did you think of uh, Forrest Whitaker's character?
0: Um, the more and more I see of Forrest Whitaker, and I'm sure somebody's going to get really pissed by this, I don't care for him.
1: Interesting. Okay,
0: that's no, that's valid. I feel like he he tends to just
1: <laughs> overact.
0: He's a he's a basset hound, and you know how I love my basset hounds, but he's like, he's like, he's like, he's like. Do you know what I mean? It's like,
1: face. like his characters all have the same ticks. They all.
0: He's just forcedly
1: droopy. Yeah. Oh my god. And he like leans into it, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And where I feel like it's supposed to be sage and um. And and like, you know, experienced and to tell you how life is. It was I was like, dude, you have one emotion.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, that that's uh, you know, some people thought it was overdone and just didn't like him. I really liked him, but I really like Force Whitaker. Like to me, like, but for the same reason that you hate him. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's just that. And it's kind of like Morgan Freeman. Like, he's playing himself as whatever right, character, right. you know. Um, I didn't get that he was a former... I read, because I read up on him after the, the movie. And I didn't get that he was a, a former um, a stormtrooper.
0: Oh, that I had no idea. Yeah, his name...
1: So, in the in the movie, his name's Saw guerrera And um, I also don't watch the animated... Film a uh, 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 series at all, like uh, mm-hmm. Rebels or or what was the one before that Clone Clone Wars, I think.
0: Yeah, the Clone Wars.
1: Um. So, oh, he was a wait. He was not a stormtrooper, but he did. Uh, uh, he was a soldier for uh, the the Empire. So he was a, a, a former. Um, what does it say? Let's see. Fought against the Confederacy during the Clone Wars. Um, but I know he's like just like like strapped together kind of like he's like a junkyard, like a human walking like junkyard, you know, where like more robot than he is, you know, human at this point. He's a character from the animated from Rebels. So um, I really liked that concept. I liked the concept of his character. I wish that we had more of him in the story. I was I thought he was going to be part of that team and I was bummed that he wasn't, you know.
0: Okay, I I, I really should go and and rewatch Clone Wars, or well I've never watched I should go watch Clone Wars and um, and Rebels because I've heard I hear
1: lots of good things. Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, uh, I'm here, but I just I'm not down with that animation style.
0: Yeah, well, it's that, and it's just like I I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time for anything else. <laughs> um, but yeah, I that that makes me I don't know that concerns me because it it. I wonder how fans of the the shows, if he's a character from those, how they feel about how this all kind of fits together. Yeah, yeah. Here it is. He was a
1: former clone trooper. There you go. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I like that they're, you know, what they're doing to try to, like, kind of build this overall cohesive thing. I think that's pretty cool. Um and I just think there's, like, I don't know. I just felt like the most interesting characters got the least amount of screen time or, or story time in, in this movie. And I was like, damn, I want to see more of that character, you know?
0: Uh, I, I would watch an entire movie of uh Chirrut Imwe. Oh, yeah. I would like. like oh, my God, please yes. Give us Yes. Give us a prequel. Oh, so we'll God. Run with them. That yeah. would
1: be amazing. That would be so. Why don't you write it and I'll illustrate it and we'll just make our own comic of them, too. Like
0: That's why. Yeah, just for us, just for our own. uh yeah,
1: totally. I'll <laughs> post it somewhere. It'll be a, a what is it, fanfic or whatever of of those two characters.
0: And then they can get the love story that they deserve. <laughs> am I, am I
1: Was I shipping them before uh, before the end of the movie already? I,
0: I think you were shipping them. <laughs> I think that's I think that's okay.
1: <laughs> yeah, totally. Awesome. Um
0: All right. Anything else we didn't touch on? Anything that we should?
1: Uh, um. Should... No, I, well, no, I mean, I mean, you know, I've been, and again, this is me, I already know my, my whole MO, I'm getting hyped for, you know, episode eight. And the thing is though, since before, um, Force Awakens came out, people have been talking about episode eight and how great it's gonna be. And, um, I've still been reading that same thing consistently that like, oh man, and I really, really like, ryan johnson i think his name is Mm -hmm. yeah i really like him as a filmmaker i really like his prior films and i just keep hearing good stuff about episode eight and i'm so jacked for that movie like
0: expectations down dude expectations down (laughs) Keep them down i can't
1: help it like when that first trailer for that comes out you will hear from me joe (laughs) <laughs> you know, not because I'm going to contact you on social media, but because you're going to hear me screaming and losing my geek shit.
0: I'm going to hear a knock on my front door at like eight in the morning. What the hell? <laughs>
1: yeah, so I'm I'm very much, but I you know I follow filmmakers, so mm-hmm. I knew that okay, you know the best Gareth Edwards film, if that is what we're going to get, is you know it's going to be pretty cool, like it's going to be good, I guess, you know. Mm. I thought Ryan Johnson is someone that's going to be hard for me to temper my expectations for because I love Looper. I thought Brick was really well done. I thought The Brothers Bloom was really well done. So I'm just, yeah, like he's, and I'm, you know, I'm not so much going to be expecting whatever the trailer sells. I'm just going to stick to, you know, it's Ryan Johnson and he knows what he's doing and I'm excited.
0: Yeah. And I, I should say because I do feel like I've come off uh, maybe may have come off a little negative on this one. I really enjoyed Rogue One. I did have a fun time with it. There yeah. were just certain things that took me out of it. Yeah, and it was it was a little like I felt about Doctor Strange. I was like, okay, it's good, and I I think it's hitting the right points, but it's not like it's not Captain America: Civil War, where I, you and I could like probably still do another three hours of discussion and not yeah, yeah. Finish
1: talking about that movie totally we totally could plus star wars is its own thing you know it's the, and this is one of the things that we talked about on the right home uh amongst my group of friends was this is a universe and that is going to be explored now we know that and so it it kind of It tempers things in the way that it's like if it's not a good Star Wars movie, that's okay because the next one – there's going to be another one next year. And if it's a great Star Wars movie, awesome, there's going to be another one next year. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and honestly, the one thing that Rogue One did make me feel is I don't know that I want the Han Solo movie. Oh, I – And I don't – I, I mean, I do, but but I I would be more excited about. I want to know about these these monks and guardians of the the crystals, and I want to know more about these. You know how the the rebels got started, and maybe that's what I have to go to see the the animated um, right. show for, But I want to see a little bit more of that. Like that's that's the thing I like the most about Rogue One is that it was like this is filling in some
1: stuff that's. Oh, Cool. I really liked how they handled the two warring factions and sides. I really liked how not everyone, both sides had dirt on them. You know, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're, we're we're fighting dirty because that's realistic. You know what I mean. And I liked how cutthroat elements of the rebel force were. And I also liked how the rebellion itself was not a cohesive ideology. Like people were fighting, people were disagreeing, people were jockeying for position amongst the rebels. You know, they weren't even really calling themselves the rebels uniformly yet. Um... I liked that there was like a faction that was too radical. Maybe that's why I liked Saw Gerrera, uh, Forrest Whitaker's character so much because he was the, he was the two, the radically like extreme he was the extremist of the rebel alliance at that point. And so they had to disassociate themselves from him. But that, but those were his, that was his force. Those are his fighters at the when at the scene with the crystals, with the guardians of the crystals. Those are his soldiers. That was his team. Right, right, right. You know? And so that was really cool to see like that, that, you know, they, they were paying lip service to all these different factions of what a revolution and what a rebellion really looks like. You're going to have, The people that are too extremist and too radical, you're gonna have. But those those are needed, and then you're gonna have the faction of the rebellion or the revolution that is very diplomatic and is jockeying to like have some sort of position of power when the dust settles. That I feel is also necessary. You know, this all goes into what a revolution looks like realistically, and I love that they didn't oversimplify that. You know, I mean, maybe it's simplified, but they still made sure to to present all of those factions i really i really really appreciated that actually
0: yeah and i I think that's that's part of what i i was feeling like that that fullness of the experience like like i said at the beginning it felt like it was historical fiction it felt like this this has happened and we're covering it in a storytelling
1: way oh absolutely
0: which is, is kind of a, a unique thing for something that is purely fiction to have that feel.
1: I mean, if you're going to do Star Wars, you need to make it relevant in some ways. And I think this is Star Wars, you know, this is exploring Star Wars and growing up Star Wars a bit. So, yeah, absolutely. I think they're, they're, it's, they're at least approaching it in the right ways, I feel like. Yeah. Okay. So I have a little thing that you can edit into. Um, keep it geek earlier. Keeping it geek. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. I was in San Diego uh, recruiting last week, as I mentioned. And or this past week. And, um, you know, hanging on the hotel room at night and kind of like, Ugh, like, I don't want to go out. I'm in a hotel room. What should I do? So I decided to catch up with Walking Dead. Um, <laughs> and I'm freaking out and like just losing my mind over the over like two seasons ago because I'm kind of far behind. And it's just so funny to be like I'm texting my cousin, uh, Abel. Shout out to Abel, who's um, I, I kind of got him into the the comics, the, the, the graphic novels. And mm-hmm. he went bananas over them he owns all of them now and he's like super devoted to the to the ongoing series him and his family watch it every weekend and so i'm freaking out to him about oh my god this character just died i'm like sending him like random texts and he's laughing his ass off because he's like are you barely there like, <laughs> I'm like oh my god this is crazy like and then he, the other day he texted me and I, he was like Oh, that's cool that you're catching up because it gets so good. And I'm like, it gets good. Like, this is really good. You mean it gets better? And he's like, I hope you don't have anything spoiled for you because right now it is great. And so I was, I've been geeking out about Walking Dead uh over the last week or so. I'm slowly catching up to where everyone is now.
0: Yeah. See, we've we've I think decided to um forego this season. I don't know that where we may catch up with it. Yeah. when it comes out on Netflix, yeah but um uh, everything I heard about the first episode uh, we're just we're not able to get past the the concerns we have with the first episode okay and it's supposed to be very bloody, very gory very almost off putting in okay. in its core so
1: so I don't know if I've mentioned this yet, but I'm kind of a dark <laughs> <global-based> <laughs> just lover. That, yeah. And I'm, oh my God. Like, yeah, I just had a conversation about Walking Dead like earlier this week. Like someone was like, oh yeah, I've never seen that. Should I check that out? I'm like, here's the thing. <laughs> <laughs> Watching Walking Dead is a masochistic experience. Mm-hmm. And and if that it is for a very particular case, uh, for a taste, sorry, although as popular as it is now, maybe that's just the taste of mainstream right now, which is kind of scary to consider. Um, but it's, it's, it's a brutal watching experience. It is. And, and I am digging it for that because it goes the places that I want all of my stories to go. (laughs) If all my stories went there, I would not be happy. So I'm realizing that, you know, like that would not, if I got that, I would, that would not be a good thing. Um, but if, it, it does feel like a release for me, and for those darker, like like you know, uh, uh, that 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 lean towards that darker, grittier. God, you can't get darker and grittier than Walking Dead. And still,
0: no, you really can't. No, you can't.
1: Like that's, and so. I'm binging it, you know, and it is, it is taxing. (laughs) Seriously, dude, like I was cooking yesterday watching Walking Dead and like like a couple of times I just had to hit pause and just be like, all right, like let me finish making this, these enchiladas and then I'll go back and, you know. Um, (laughs) But, you know, once I catch up, then I'll, I'll, I'm going to stay away for a couple of years. You know what I mean? (laughs) And then I'll go back and catch up again. So, uh, yeah, it's, I, I totally understand what, what, where you and, you know, Matt are on this. Um, it is brutal. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. So, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll reevaluate when it's out on Netflix, but I think we're just going to take a, take a a year off and and see how it goes. You know, I've heard, I've heard mixed things. Um, I've heard some people that are loving it, some people that are like, yeah, (laughs) it's kind of jumping, not jumping the shark, but it's, it's, it's going in a direction that may be too dark for, for a, a wide public.
1: Wow. That's, man, credit for that. (laughs)
0: <laughs> yeah no, and you know what that's the cool thing is that they're, they're being true to the book and they're, they're being very true to the book and that that doesn't happen very
1: often especially on television yeah yeah totally all
0: right uh any shout
1: outs um, up? yeah like i uh mentioned earlier uh shout out to my cousin abel um he's it's really funny you know the things that that when it comes to family you know like you're gonna kind of overlap in weird ways and sometimes not overlap at all, but they're family. So you keep seeing them and hanging out with them throughout your life, you know, and Mm -hmm. always interesting how my cousin and I able overlap. It's like, you know, we're very, very different people. Um, but I have so much love for him. I consider him a brother, honestly. And when it comes to sports and hip hop and The walking
2: dead
1: (laughs) just you know perfectly in line so yeah what's up abel thanks for um putting up with my random walking dead texts over the last week or so
0: that's awesome yeah i'm gonna do a quick shout out to my students this week because the we we did finish our show last night and uh six very strong performances six the poor kids we're so exhausted (laughs) um And so uh, just a a shout out to them because uh, they they worked really hard these last two weeks. Next week, uh, you're going to be back with us. We're going to talk about uh, the best and worst of 2016 and what we're looking forward to 2017. So that should be a lot of fun. Yes. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at JoeHogan at com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Uh Ray, remind us where we can find you.
1: I am at Ray Vargas 3 everywhere because my full name is Ramon Vargas the third. believe it or not. Um, <laughs> so uh, instead of Ramon, I go by Ray, and then I just tack the number 3 to the end of my name. So Ray Vargas 3 is where you can find me at my website, rayvargas3.com, and across all social media, I'm at backslash Ray Vargas 3.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again, uh, Ray, for, for chatting with us. It's been a while and I've missed it.
1: Yeah, it's always super fun. And I love that it's just so effortless. Like, I just I don't have any anxiety about it. I don't feel like I need to prepare, although I probably should. Um, <laughs> it's just like, cool, me and Joe are going to chat and we're going to record it. So,
0: get our fix in. Yeah. And for all of you listening out there, remember this week, keep it geek.